What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel coming to you from Midtown Studios, downtown Bakersfield. I'm your host, Matt. Along with me today is my co-host, Daniel. What's up, my man? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Good, good, and good, good. also today yeah. we got a friend of the show, our guest host oh, again with up? us, again, Pastor again, Bart again. Height from New Life Church. What's going on, my man? I'm doing good. I'm, am I going to be like Tom Hanks on Saturday Night Live, your most reoccurring guest? Yeah, we're going to have to get you a robe after the, was it seven times, five I times. think? Yeah, five times? Five times. We're going to have to get you a robe and we'll invite you into the club. It'll be nice. <laughs> We're stoked, man. We 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 love we love uh, having uh, Bart on. He's been a friend for a lot of years, and uh, we just we just like talking anything with him. But when we get to talk Bible with him, it's a lot of fun. Oh, a lot of fun. Yeah. So let's dive right into it here today. We're 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 talking about when, not if. When, not if. So in Matthew chapter six, we we look at verses two through seventeen. And uh, you, you see uh, Jesus speaking, and he says, When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They've received all the reward that they'll ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what the right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. And then it says, When you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward that they're going to get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Jesus kind of gave us some examples of that, too. He would always kind of go away, and I'm sure that we'll dive into that a little bit, too. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, he really wanted to make sure he knocked this home, right? When you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think that their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your, fa- uh, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. How many times do we quote that, I wonder, <laughs> before you ask him? Pray like this, verses 16 and 17. You know, it goes, goes on to pray like this, and then he shows them this. In verses 16 and 17, says, And when you fast, uh-oh, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so that people will admire them for their fasting. Look how holy they are. I tell you the truth. That is the only reward that they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, and then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. So, uh, (laughs) went with titling it when not if, because there's not a whole lot of suggestions here. No. This is more like directive given than anything, right? Like this is not a, well, I, I, w- I would really like to start praying. But if I pray, how should I? No, nah, nah, dog, that's not how this that's goes. That's not how it works. It's not how any of this works. <laughs> it's not how any, when I feel like it. Well, that's not, what? That's not how this works. It's interesting how we make things about the ifs in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if I had more time, I'd pray. If I had more money, I'd give. If I had better health, I'd fast, right? Each of these instances don't seem like should I or if situations at all. Yeah. When Jesus is talking. Mm-hmm. He said when. Yeah. It's not it's not difficult. It's it's almost like one of the it's almost like Peter said, So what about prayer? And Jesus is like, Okay, this is what you do. And then he has, Well, what about the did I stutter? Yeah. I'm saying 
when, not if. It's when. Yeah. This is a daily thing that you should not skip. And that's one thing. I, that's one of the issues I have with churches having prayer classes on how to pray. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> that's, that's one of the issues because I, don't, I think they could just give them this and then give them the Lord's Prayer and teach on that. But don't come in with these long six-week, this is how you pray and this is what you do. Yeah. It's very simple. It's a lot of talking and a lot, and, but mainly, I've learned, it's a lot of listening. Absolutely. And, and I think we've mentioned this before on, on this podcast is prayer is, is less of a dissertation yeah. and more of a conversation. Yeah, it's a conversation. And I think people have made a dissertation where that's where people get turned off. Right, right. Let me, let me listen to how eloquent I am. Or this is, this is your checklist. Yeah. As you know, when you, when you pray, this is the checklist. Is, that you yeah, need I got to hit this. I got to hit this. Got to hit this. Gotta, okay, I'm good. I've done my 10 minutes in the shower. Right, right, right. Yeah. As I, well, I started to say as I shampoo my hair, but I don't, I can't say <laughs> you that. You still got that beard. As I shampoo I do. my yeah, beard. As I shampoo, shampoo <laughs> the beard <laughs> with different specific <laughs> beard <laughs> product. Yes. You're not supposed to use, I don't know if y'all know that, but we're getting off track. No. But there, You know, there's so much, there's so much in this, in the scripture here. Oh, yeah. That we can just go on and on and on. And I think what, what we're really trying to hone in on is the fact that it is a requirement Yes. It is a requirement to pray, to fast, to give. Like, that's the Christian life, and that's what Jesus is really saying. He's like, when you do this, because this is what you do to experience the fullness of who I am. Hold on. Are you telling me? (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying that if you say that you're a Christian or a believer and you're not giving, that you're doing (laughs) the opposite of what Jesus said to do? Right. Right. Mm. Wow. If you ain't praying... If you're not All right. fasting, yeah. that you're not really who you think you are. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we kind of like to a la carte our church. We uh-huh. like to a la carte our Christian experience and still call ourselves Christians. But Christian comes from the term back in Antioch when they would call it. It was a derogatory term. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because look at the, they're living their lives this way. Yeah. They're doing these things, making these choices. Look at how foolish this is. Mm-hmm. What a, what a Christ like, oh, how Christian of them. Mm-hmm. That's and still a derogatory term now. It, it, well, yeah, unless you yeah. won a Grammy. Yeah. And then, you know, and then, you know, first and foremost, I'd no, like to thank God. I thank God for letting me write the, write the song, Slap Your Mama. <laughs> I appreciate, you know, I think yeah. Cardi B might have thanked uh, God. I'm not sure. Oh, we no, won't we're not to going there. <laughs> <laughs> we go wherever oh, we want Lord. on this podcast. <laughs> Well, I took it there, talking yeah. the church out. I'm not scared of nothing, but it's true. We we have there there are classes on this. There, you know, and and it is really as simple as just yeah. what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say, man? And we see we see give mentioned in these you know each of these verses um, uh, two and four, and all alluding to when, not if. Yeah. Pray mentioned uh, in verses five and nine, all alluding to not if but when mm. you pray, and we see fast mentioned not if but when, when you fast and I, I wonder just you know because there are a lot of people too that struggle with with uh, with giving with fasting with praying mm-hmm. um, like you know the things like how long is it supposed to be when I pray what, what all am I supposed to make sure that I say uh, when I'm fasting is it okay for me to fast do I have to fast 
certain kinds of food? Am I supposed to not eat at all? You know, my body can't go without, you know, maybe you have something going on in your body. Okay. Is there something else that I can fast? Uh, what about, um, giving? Okay. Well, I can't really afford to give a tithe. Um, but can I give something beyond, or can I give something, a little something before I get, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's talk about that. So two things, fasting. I have, because of a heart condition, I have to eat daily. Mm -hmm. I have to have a protein intake Mm -hmm. and because of the medicine I'm taking. So I can't do a Daniel's fast because I have to have protein somewhere. So what we did is we went vegan. Me and Lori, my wife, we went vegan and we've been vegan up until probably, I'd say about August, I started adding fish and chicken to my diet, but I haven't had red meat and I was completely no dairy, nothing until about July. Wow. Yeah. When I went on vacation, cause I was like, I'm going on vacation. I'm going out of town. We're going to a place that is still opened up where I can go and sit in a restaurant and have a nice meal. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to get me fish and chips and salmon and shrimp and I'm going to eat all the crud. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, that was my fast was cutting out red meat and, and, and kind of doing something like that. And it, it actually worked because I lost weight. I focused my mind. It made me, I set a, a particular schedule on how I was going to pray and fast. Yeah. Now giving, I like what you said, is like we, we automatically go 10%. You have to give 10%. But where I was pastoring, where you were pastoring, mm-hmm. those folks can't give 10%. Right. So when I went over to Terrace, I... They, they would get mad. People would go, we don't talk about giving here. I'm like, why? Well, because people can't give. I'm like, then you're doing them a disservice, not teaching them how to give so they can be blessed. Right. Right. So I would tell them, if you can't give 10, give five. If you can't give five, give two. If you can't give two, give something. Right. So we had people just grab in a tithe envelope, put their name on it, put a $20 bill in it once a month, and put it in a tithe envelope. But then we would see, okay, all of a sudden they would, they would start giving a little bit more, a little bit more. And I had one lady come up to me and said she started at one part at the first of the year giving $20 a month. And by the end of the year, she was giving 10%. Right. Because God was blessing her. Right. Because in Jesus said, there's, there's, a, there's actually an yeah. account right in scripture where Jesus is in the, he's in the synagogue. Mm-hmm. And after he's finished talking, they get to the giving portion. You know, so the host went up and started to, you know, uh, hype everybody up for the giving portion. And then Jesus went and Jesus sat right next to the giving area. He's gangster. Jesus <laughs> sat gangster. right. He's like, it's time to give. And Jesus sat right next to the offering box <laughs> and watched as people came and gave. Yeah. Like what? No, no, no. How, how uncomfortable were some of the people that gave? But then like the, these people that Jesus, because he knows everything. He saw these people that had much. Yeah. Give very little. And then he sees this widow come up and put her two mites in. And he's like, this woman right here. Yeah. Gave what she had. She she gave what she could. They're giving less than what they could. Yeah. But she gave everything that she could. And she's blessed because of that. Yep. You know, and, and people always kind of, tra- and so it traps us. It, this frame of thinking, it does. It, it traps us. I'm not saying you shouldn't give. No, 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 no. In fact, as, as uh, Bart just alluded to, if you're teaching people like, oh, man, if you're in a certain part of town or whatever, we understand, man. We, we've been in those areas. We've, we've pastored in those areas. Uh, you're doing people a disservice if you're not teaching them yeah. the whole counsel of the word of God. Mm-hmm. And part of the whole counsel of the word of God is giving. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is very adamant about that. And according to Jesus, it's never a matter of if you should give, pray, or fast, but when. And so it would stand to reason then that, that giving praying and fasting have more to do with obedience than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. 
because they were making it all about this. He said, don't be like the hypocrites who are making it seem like it's a sacrifice. Be obedient. That's good. I think that that, that kind of gets us back to this point of heart posture yeah. know, and the intentions, because that's what Jesus was doing here. He was saying, when you do this, check yourself. Yeah. That's basically what he was saying. You know, check your heart. When you're doing these things, what are you doing it for? You're doing it. Yeah. The attention. What are your approval. motives? Yeah. What are your motives? Approval of man, um, you know, self-seeking, whatever it is. And he's saying, don't do that, you know, and this is what we're talking about here is just being obedient to what, to the will of God, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's so good. I mean, we, we look at first Samuel, um, chapter 15, verse 22, Samuel replies and he says, what, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Uh, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. And in this moment, this was a king yeah. who stepped out of line because he was waiting for the prophet. Mm hmm. And so he decided it's taking too long. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and light this offering. I'm going to call Miss Cleo. I'm going to go, right. I'm going to go ahead and call Miss Cleo. And we're going to light this offering together. And we ain't, waiting for the, we ain't waiting for the prophet to get here. And the prophet gets there and he's like, what are you doing? Well, you took a long time. I did. Uh, last night I was laying in bed and it, I was thinking about the scripture and I popped away and I grabbed my laptop. And I did, a, I did, I did full on nerd Bart with the Hebrew. He had a chicken scratch gospel <laughs> moment in Hebrew. I Hebrew. I love it. So got his interlinear Bible out. <laughs> Dude, I have so many. Lori's like, what are you going? Like, I got to, she's, don't, okay, just, I'm, she's rolled back over. She didn't care. <laughs> um, obedience, bear the sacrifice. The word obey, it's Hebrew, yep. shama, literally. And that word does not mean, it, it means to hear. Mm. So he's saying hearing is better. Yeah. So it says literally to hear, to give heed, to comprehend, to keep on listening. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice is the Hebrew sabak, which means burnt offering, or it's referring to sacrifices given during worship and eaten for worship. Mm-hmm. So God is saying, you hearing me is better than any of the things, any of these, these instructions I've commanded you to do. So what he's saying is, is is back to that white man can't jump argument where he said, you're listening to this. You're not hearing it. He's it's just like we're saying. It's the conversation. Right. It's a conversation. Yeah. You don't yeah. listen to Jimmy. You hear. You Jimmy. hear Jimmy. <laughs> and, 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 and Jesus, here we have the voice of God through Jesus giving instruction on giving, yeah. praying and fasting. Do you hear me? <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like he was think he was see, reading their expressions on their faces, and he had to keep talking about it and talking about it. You're, you know, like like teachers. When I have uh, friends who are teachers, they keep talking about it until yeah. they get it. I had uh, Pastor James told told the story that when he first came to New Life as the as the lead pastor in the '80s, he preached a message one Sunday, then he preached it again the next Sunday. He preached it again the next Sunday, and he preached it again the next Sunday. Same message, and he finally came up to him. They're like, "What did you do that?" He goes, "Until you can understand where I'm going, I'm going to keep preaching this until you get it." That's <laughs> so Jesus. So Jesus is saying this stuff over and over again, and I can only imagine that one brave soul, maybe that walks up to Jesus, is like, "Are you Probably. aware that you keep on saying the same stuff over and over again?" And Jesus yeah. responded, "Like, the second you start living mm-hmm. what I'm teaching." I'll stop teaching that particular set of things, right? It's because it's not circumstantial. No. It's not about what you have to offer. It's about are you submitting to God yeah. or are you not? 
the bottom line in all of this is God knows better than we do. His plans are for our good. Mm-hmm. Why not just obey his directions? Yeah, yeah. it's funny because I, I, I kind of think of when we're, as we're talking about this, I think of, you know, our own kids or, or for those of us who have been privileged to do youth ministry. Um, privilege? You, <laughs> it's a privilege. It's a privilege. Sarcastically said that. But anyway, a, um, I think of... We still believe the children. You know, you know how you get to a point you're like, man, I know you're sorry, but I don't want to hear that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> change, change what you're doing, man. Right. <laughs> you know, and I sometimes my kids, I'm just like, okay, you're sorry. You're going to make it up. You're going to do whatever. But man, just listen to me. Yeah. Stop, stop yeah. doing it because it's just this repetitive thing. It's over and over. And I don't, I don't want you to do anything for me anymore. I want you to change the way you're doing. Absolutely. What you're doing. You want, you yeah. want the, you've heard me preach the metanoia moment, changing yeah. the way you think. It's yeah. not, yeah. it's not just turning around and walking away. It's yeah. change the way. Go live yeah. a different life. Yeah. Change yeah. your life. Yeah. You ain't sorry. You're caught. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's and I, the difference between being sorry, yeah. truly sorry, and just being caught. caught. Yeah. yeah. And you're sorry you're caught. But you're going to go back and do whatever you're going to do. And that's why I think this is so important because the Lord's saying here, like, you can bring me all you want and want and want, but it's not until you get it, until you change your ways and make that decision yep. to live for me and, and do what I'm asking you to do, you're going to be blessed, you know? Yeah. And so, so key. So key. Yeah, there's, there, there will, there, there's always life, provision, and blessing just yeah. on the other side of our obedience. It's just right there on the other side. People think, well, God is just this power hungry, you know, being in the sky that wants to control everything. No, 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 no. He, he's trying to get you to be obedient to his plans because his plans are better. Mm-hmm. He, he's got a better life for you. He has a better future for you. He knows what's going to happen, whereas we do not. He is trying to hook you up. Like Jeremiah 29, 11 is not just something cute you put in your Instagram post profile. Right. It's, right. It's literally, if you read, you need to get Jeremiah 29, 11 in context and read the entire chapter of Jeremiah 29 uh, to uh, understand what God was saying. Absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. Cause you look at, cause if you go into 13, you know, you 12, 13 and he's talking about, then, then you listen, if you would seek me with your whole heart, yeah, then you'll find me. Mm-hmm. Right. Then you, you guess what? You'll find me. So the, there, there might be some of you that are out there listening right now. They're like, man, I don't, it might, I'm, I'm in the middle of this hard situation, these hard circumstances. I, where's God? Yeah. Where's God at? Well, Stop focusing on your circumstances mm-hmm. and seek him because if you seek him with your whole heart, you'll find him. Look at it from his perspective. I, I think about recently, I, I, I preached recently on the Valley of the Dry Bones. And one of the things that I caught was that it said, it said in the message translation, translation says, God grabbed me mm-hmm. and put me in the valley. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's saying God grabbed me and wanted me to look at the valley from his perspective. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And look at the possibilities because he said, son, will these bones live? And he answered, yeah, I think that's is more of a question right, mark right. than an exclamation point. And I think God likes our question marks more than he likes our exclamation points. Yeah, and he is he he, he is big enough actually to yeah. to to exist in those moments yeah. where where you yeah. ha- where you do or like I mean, sure? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Like, I think I think you can. And then once he said that, then Stephen Furtick came out. It's weird. You need to read this story in the Bible. Furtick came out and he was like, I need to write a song about this right now. This is about rattle. 
It's a great song. <laughs> it's a great song. No, and in that moment reminds me. It's funny because that you're taken to the Valley of the Dry Bones, and I'm taking to I'm taken to Jesus being baptized. And as soon as he was baptized, then it says the Spirit drove him mm-hmm. to the wilderness. Immediately, the Spirit drove him to the wilderness. Yeah. You know, so so if you're there, or man, I don't I don't like the way I'm feeling right now, man. I feel like, gosh, I feel like I'm just getting cut on and all that. Okay, so so it sounds like you're getting pruned. Maybe you're going through a season of pruning. Guess what? If you're going through a season of pruning, the vine dresser only prunes those branches that are producing fruit. Yeah. Okay, and to those branches that do not produce fruit, it says that he cuts off in, in, the, in, the, in the King James says he cuts it off. That's not actually uh, the exact translation of what it is. Mm-hmm. The more accurate translation is those that are not producing fruit, he lifts up. And if you've ever been in those situations where you see vines or you see, you see uh, fruit trees or things, they'll put splints on them or they tie a vine up around those, uh, whatever those thingies are called, the wood pieces, the terraces kind of, you know, yeah. that they put in the ground and they t- they'll tie them so that it can stay up and get the stuff that it needs so that it can start producing and then they'll prune it back. Well, any, any tree that stops growing, a gardener will go in and chop up the root. Mm-hmm. Because the root has stopped at a certain point, so he needs to chop up the root, so the roots will go deeper to get more nutrients, so the tree will go bigger. Another thing about about God, I feel like a nerd right now. But another thing That's about okay, let's go, let's do it. Another thing about uh, vines, and they, I read a book by um, a theologian named Margaret Feinberg, mm. and she she said that she went to a a uh, winery, she went to uh, where they do sheep and another couple places that are biblical. And she wanted to know why certain things are said in the Bible about wine and sheep and sharing and all that stuff. She said that they got to one one vine and it was kind of dead and he started piling rocks up next to the vine. He said the more pressure on the vine forces it to grow. That's interesting. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I would think just water it. And they're like, no, more pressure. Let's get more pressure on the vine. Mm-hmm. So watch it grow. That, that that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. yeah, and what 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 kind of fruit comes from a pressured vine? I wonder. Mm-hmm. You know how yeah. sweet how sweet how much more sweet is the fruit that is produced in the season of stress? We have a guy who goes to New Life who he does this for a living. He works on um, grapes and grows grapes for for wineries, and he said that you can take a grape from one one vine and transplant it. To with with fruit on it and transplant to the other vine, and the fruit will change its chemical makeup to match the vine. And so, if you abide in the vine, mm-hmm. and I abide in you, mm. yeah. So, are you hearing me? Yeah. Are you hear? Are you hearing that this is? I, I'm trying to get you to hear. It's when you pray. It's when you fast it's when you give let's talk about fasting a little bit because you you said you said some stuff and it was so hilarious because what you said was you're you're gonna go eat all the crummy stuff and you're gonna eat fish and chips and shrimp and stuff like that and I'm like I woke up and had a hostess cherry pie and and black coffee for breakfast but your crud is fish and chips and shrimp yeah and stuff because you've been so disciplined on this on this vegan diet I, I had a hamburger last Sunday for the first time since December of last year. Fell off the wagon. I felt, well, no, I was like, you know what? I feel the Holy Ghost telling me I'm okay. 
<laughs> because I was just like, I was hungry. I was he was craving. led of the spirit I to was, Moo Creamery. I was craving it. I know. I went to Foster Freeze and got one of those. Oh, oh I got you. We went all in. Like going yeah. to the Generals and getting getting a yeah. double at Generals. I went and got me a double at, at Frosty's on Stockdale. And that was the best hamburger I'd ever eaten. Later on, yeah, it, I didn't feel good. <laughs> uh-huh. But it was worth it, you know. Because... <laughs> right. Because it showed me, okay, I can do this every once in a while, but I'm not going to do it all the time. Which means there are some days in my life, and I'm going to be real, that as a pastor, I don't pray. I get so caught up. But then I get guilty. Mm-hmm. But then I realize that just like me eating red meat, this is, this is weird how this, this comes to my head. It's okay every once in a while, but I need to make sure I get back into it right away yeah i don't neglect that part of my life if that makes if that makes sense well and the fact of the matter is this whoever you know you're out there and you're listening and and, and you're you're looking to your pastors and you're thinking that maybe they are the perfect picture of of, of spiritual health and i do believe that pastors should be doing their level best yeah. to 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 uh, live a, a spiritually healthy life not just a physically healthy life as well but a, but a spiritually healthy life of course because you're leading people uh, according to scripture but your pastors do not cease being human Mm-mm. and and also having this human experience on the same planet that you're on, being the same human being that you are, just called to a different call than you are. They do not cease to be human. And so, yeah, they might miss a day of their devotion. They might miss a day of their prayer, stuff like that. They may make a bad choice. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because they're human, too. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of a thing that gets lost sometimes in the, in the, in the, in the mix of doing church and, and, and kind of experiencing life together with mm-hmm. people. People make the assumptions We've or seen it lately. In right. The Christian world. Like we saw a prominent pastor and it's sad, right. You know, that it had to go that far, but you could tell he flat out said, I was leading on empty, which shows me that he had a zero prayer life. Right. And we've seen also some more, you know, some of the most, uh, Gosh, I, I didn't influential worship leaders and songwriters as well mm-hmm. completely walk away from right. the faith because they were burnt out. And that takes us to that place where you can be so about ministry can become a mistress if if you're if you're experiencing an if you pray life. And if you you know what I'm saying? Then re- you could still be doing something for God. And listen, there's going to come a day where we're all going to have to give account. And Jesus is very specific that there will be people that show up and we're like, yeah, but we did this and this and this and this and this. And what's his response going to be? I didn't know you. That's where Lori yeah. and I were when we, when we left where we were. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. Together. A lot of people don't know this, but we were probably a month from, fi- from filing for divorce. Mm. Mm. It was that bad. Mm. You know, we took that year off. Yep. And um, it was forced, but we it was good. But that year off didn't do anything. All we kept thinking about was getting back into it, getting back into it, getting back into it. Yeah. Just doing what we need to do to get back into it. Yeah. It wasn't until we left and we finally got to settle and go, oh, we're jacked up. Mm. And we literally, and a lot of people say don't do this in the Christian world, but we went and saw, we went and to counseling. We went and saw a professional counselor. It wasn't Christian. We went and saw a professional counselor. Mm-hmm. And we went every, and at that time, 50 bucks every two weeks was a lot of money. Yeah. And it was $50 every two weeks, every every Tuesday 
Tuesday or Thursday, we would go. Every other Tuesday or Thursday, we would go. And we would go at 4 o'clock because she wanted us to go and have dinner and do a date night together. Yeah. She goes, did you guys ever date? Yeah, we went out to dinner. But did you go out to dinner without having four or five teenagers with you? Mm -hmm. Or at your house watching a movie and it wasn't you guys. It was four or five teenagers with you. Right. Right. And we realized how ministry consumed us and we were living, leaving on empty and it destroyed our marriage. And, you know, I, I love what you were saying there because, you know, $50, man, uh, every couple of weeks, man. And that's a, that, that is, man, that's a lot. But the way that you guys were looking at it at that time uh, in that season, I'm assuming, is that that was an investment. Oh, it was a big investment. That was an investment that and you were she making. she was like, well, you don't go to McDonald's or Burger King. You take her to a nice restaurant. I'm like, I don't make a lot of money. Yeah. You got $5 I can borrow? <laughs> I'll take her to. Yeah, that's fine. You know, but you know, I, I, So that's <laughs> what we did because we wanted to put in the work. And now we're healthier because we just celebrated 23 years of marriage. Let's go. Congratulations. Yeah. So... Um, it, it was worth it because, and we still use the, what we learned in that time. Yes. We still use those. Lori will ever once in a while go, we'll say this. One of the things was, ha, are you listening to her or are you hearing her? Are you her? hearing her? They would, for all the young people in the room. <laughs> when There are a great would, many young people on our team. She, yes. She would make us sit in two chairs and turn and face each other, look each other in the eye, and we would talk about an argument we had that week. Yeah. And she would, she would say, now what did you hear Lori say? And I would say it. And she goes, no, you weren't hearing. You weren't, you weren't hearing. You were listening. You were parroting. You were making up a story in your head. And you were making up your response to what yeah. she had to say. And mm. you, weren't li- you were not hearing her. Yeah. So, so that's one thing that we do. And every once in a while, we'll, we'll be in a little argument. Intense, intense fellowship. Intense, intense, intense conversation. Mm-hmm. And she'll, she'll say, baby, baby, what? You are not hearing me. Mm-hmm. And when she does that, it makes me stop, put down whatever I'm doing, and look her in the eye. I'm like, and I'll say, okay, let's 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 talk. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I think that can we talk <laughs> for a minute? That's Tevin Campbell. <laughs> Nobody knows who that is. What it sounds like, though, here honestly, is a perspective. If we can shift our perspective, yeah, because where you store up your treasures, your heart will be there also. And so that, that's a, that's a separate scripture where, where Jesus is like, don't, don't leave your treasures here, Mm -hmm. you know? And then it goes on further in the Bible. Other, other writers allude to this, but they're saying, man, you, you need to, you need to change your perspective, man. I can't afford to give. You can't afford not to give. And let me tell you why it's not about reaching a particular number. Mm -hmm. It's about obedience and it's about making an investment in kingdom. Yeah. It's about storing up treasures where, yeah, where the moth can't eat them, where, where there is no devour. Yeah. And, and, and really investing in kingdom. And, and just like that account that you gave earlier of that, that one who was giving, like, I'm going to try to give 20 bucks a month. Yeah. And then by the end of the year, they were able to give much more. It's because that's how kingdom works. All God wants to know is, are you willing are you willing to be obedient? Because I got a blessing for you. I have provision for you on the other side of your obedience. I, I want to know if you're willing to be obedient because my plans are better. So, so the, the main thing, I guess, I, that we want to get across here is this. Stop asking God to please you mm. and start living to please God. Dude, say that. That's good. If you would stop asking God to please you and start living to please God, and what, bet, watch your life get better because you're living to please God and not yourself. Yeah. That's really the bottom line yeah. of these scriptures. Yeah. And I see that too. I, I wrote this note down. Obedience requires selflessness. 
And I think that's what Jesus is, is talking about here in the scripture. He's saying, you're doing this because of yourself. You right. want attention. You want, but obedience requires this, this heart posture where it's not about us anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about what God wants. You know, it's about pleasing him, not pleasing ourselves. And I remember way back in ministry, I was having, um, we're having a, a tough season in our lives. And um, I was an immature in ministry, you know, and I remember talking to God and just saying, man, Lord, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. Yeah. Why am I going through this? I've done this. I serve here. And, you, and, and, and through that whole time, God's like, okay, are you done talking about yourself? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like, dang, right. man, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's good. Because that's what I was focused on. I was focused on how much I'm doing, and, and that's what we're talking about here, how much I'm doing, how much I'm sacrificing yeah. for him. He's like, are you done talking? Like, are you going to trust me with what you have now? And mm. so I think it's, it requires this, this, this place where we're just like, okay, Lord, I surrender it all to you. Yeah. Dude, the, yeah. the, are you going to trust me with what you have now? It's like, it's like he's God, and we yeah. still don't trust right. him. Yeah. yeah. It's. Oh my God! It it's blows yeah. my mind. Yeah, I mean, if so you, I jokingly would put it when I was counseling people. Let's play a game. Let's pretend that God is God. Yeah. <laughs> and let's pretend that you're yeah. just a person, mm-hmm. and we're gonna believe that God is gonna do all the stuff that He said He would do because He's God. Mm-hmm. You won't because you're a person. <laughs> mm-hmm. When God makes a promise, again, it's it's done. It's signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. That's that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It's it's done because he's he knows the end from the yeah. beginning. Mm-hmm. When we make we make a promise, it's like, well, we can you can break a promise. I can no 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 no. It's not the same same. Mm-hmm. When he makes a promise, it's already it's done. Yeah. In the words of Brian Moore, I am finite. He is <laughs> infinite. Yes. That's so <laughs> true. You guys do so the true. greatest impressions of him. <laughs> it's not hard. Love he you, was one of my, he was one of my favorites. He was a good dude. He was a good guy. <laughs> well, man, I'm excited to have had this opportunity, man, to hang out with you guys and talk about uh, all of this yeah. scripture. Remember, guys out there listening, it is not when or it's not if. It's when. Yes. Give, pray, fast. Go to YouTube, subscribe to our channel, hit the bell for notifications and new episodes. That's all the time we got for Chicken Scratch Gospel. We out. Go love like Jesus. Peace.